With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, um, takes a couple minutes to get plugged in over there. Bear with us, YouTube. Bear with us, Facebook. Thank you for joining us this morning. All of our guests. And, um, we hope that this will be an edifying time. And it's about 10 minutes before 10. We usually start around 10 o'clock. So we're still a little early. I like to start earlier than late. <laughs> so, anyway, it takes a minute to get everything plugged in. There is Brother Mark, Brother Faithful Mark Kennedy. How are you this morning? Very well, brother, very well. Good morning, and God bless you, my brother. Yes, and blessings to Carl and Babs and Mark Kennedy and Josette and Mark Phillips and Tulip and all of our guests on YouTube. Uh, as well as the people who've already joined us on Facebook Live, uh, Mike Garvey, Peter Pallas, Neil uh, Zulfikar, Rashid Sandu, and Rahima Akham, Poker Zayer. Hope I didn't butcher your all's names too badly. Well, Brother Mark, what do you have on your mind this morning? I'm just glad to be here. And I praise God for all of our saints like Brother Ashley and Brother Chris and Brother Carl and Sister Babs and you guys, of course. Just glad to be here. Yes, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing that God has given us. And it's always a blessing to come together around around the Word of God, and... Yes, it is. Anyway, so, uh, this morning, uh, I think tonight we're going to continue in John 8. Is that right? Uh, let's see. We did John 7 last time, I believe. Right, right. So, this evening, why don't we... Uh, you want to do John right? 8 this morning yeah. or this evening? What would you prefer? Um, let's do it this evening. Maybe Carl can be with us this evening. Okay, we'll do it this evening. Um, I uh, have had a few things. <laughs> I always have a few things on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I... I uh, I think I want to work through the 69th Psalm today 
there's a lot in this psalm, but it's well worth plotting into, I think. Um, so if you're, uh, you're with me on that, I'm going to have Brother Mark Phillips. There's 69 verses, or th- wait a minute, 36 verses in this psalm. So that's 12 verses apiece. Mark, why don't you read the first 12 verses for us of Psalm 69? And then I'll have Brother Mark read 13 through 37, and then I'll conclude it. Or wait a minute. I'll read uh, tw- I have Brother Mark read 13 through 25, and then I'll read 25 through 36. 1 through 12? Yes. Save me, O God, for the waters are coming unto my soul. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I have come to deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary of my crying. My throat is dried. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. They that hate me without a cause any more than the hairs of my mine head. But they that would destroy me, being my enemies wrongfully, are mighty when I restored that which I took not away. O God, thou knowest my foolishness and my sins are not hid from thee. Let not them that wait on thee, O Lord God of hosts, be ashamed for my sake. Let not those that seek thee be confounded for my sake, O God of Israel. Because for thy sake I have borne reproach, shame, and covered my face. I am become a stranger unto my brethren and an alien unto my mother's children. The zeal of thy house have eaten me up. The reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that was to my reproach. I made sackcloth also my garment, and I became a proverb to them. They that sit in the gate speak against me, and I was a song of the drunkards. Thank you, Mark. Yes. Appreciate that. Yes. Do <clears throat> you have any comments about that? I like that song. I think that's something that uh, Dave went through, you know. Right. You know, we know that he, that he said he did. Yes, and you'd see in beginning with verse 9 yeah. all the way through uh, verse 21 is, we're going to read it, it's a representation of Jesus Christ as well. But um, this psalm talk starts out, and this um, is a psalm from David, and he's praying that God will save him, you know. And you know what? <laughs> you know, there are 150 psalms, and I don't know how many of those are David. I, I'm sure that I could be, you know, I'm sure many people have done the study on that and could tell you how many of them are actually David's psalm. But um, how many times does he cry out for God to save him? Now, the question is, in today's modern vernacular, um, you know, would the Arminians say, well, he must have not have been saved or he wouldn't be crying out for God to save him again? <laughs> you know? And I'm here to say that, you know, uh, God saves with an everlasting salvation. If if he has 
He has quickened you and, and breathed in you his spirit and caused you to be born again. You're saved. You're saved from for eternity with the eternal salvation. But that does not mean that we still don't cry out for him to save us all the way through the course of our lives. That's right. That's what, that's what David did here. He, uh, David was a saved man. Okay, <laughs> if you want to use, if you want to use that vernacular, David was a saved man, even though he cried out for God to save him. But he was talking about what does the Lord's prayer say? It says, you know, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yeah, okay? that's that, that's what. David is praying here. He says, I sink in deep mire where there is no standing and come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. Have you all ever had that experience? I know I have. (laughs) I've come into deep waters, not physical waters. I have been in some physically some deep waters, but as far as what's going on in our world and the temptations and the trials and everything that we're facing. I am weary of my crying. My throat is dried. My eyes fail while I wait for God. Well, Jesus Christ himself, while he was on the cross, he said, I thirst. Remember that? And they brought him, they brought him vinegar mingle with gall to drink, and he did not accept that. Yeah. He says, they that hate me without a cause, they that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of my head that they would destroy me, being mine enemies wrongfully or mighty. Then I restored that which I took not away. Interesting right there because, you know, that was the experience that Jesus Christ himself suffered all during his ministry while he walked on the face of this earth. He was maligned. He was rejected. He was hated without any cause. He had no sin, but they still hated him, and they still wanted to kill him. And it says... If you go back to John 15:25, often Jesus Christ will quote the Psalms. Let's just go back there and look at that. Uh, John 15, verses 24 and 25. Let's just start with verse 23. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now that they had both seen and hated both me and my father, but this cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. There was no cause for these people to hate Jesus Christ. He was the truth teller. He was the King of Kings. He was the Lord of Lords. But they still hated him. O God, thou knowest my foolishness and my sins are not hid from thee. You know, the elect child of God knows that 
all of our sins are laid bare for God. The great thing of it is, is God has, by his own decision, <laughs> chosen to cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. He doesn't remember our sins. That's hard for us to fathom, being the fact that God is omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. Amen. He goes on and says, Let not them that wait on me, O God, Lord God of hosts, be ashamed for my sake. Let not those that seek thee be confounded for my sake, O God of Israel. That should be all of our prayers. We should not want our depravity, our sinfulness, our poor example, our waywardness in any way to be a reflection upon the kingdom of God or Jesus Christ. And so we should pray that God would uh, not the same thing that, that David prayed here. Don't let them be ashamed for my sake. Mm-hmm. For my sake I have borne reproach. Shame hath covered my face. You know, <clears throat> that's what Jesus Christ did. He had no sin. But the reason that shame covered his face, as it were, is because he did it for our sake. He was wounded for our transgressions He was bruised for our iniquities, and by his stripes we are healed. I am become a stranger unto my brethren, an alien unto my mother's children. Well, we can apply that to ourselves. I'm sure I I could apply that to myself. I feel like I've become a stranger to my physical family. I've I feel like I've become an alien. <laughs> Have you ever felt like you've become an alien to your mother's mm-hmm. children? You know, I yeah, I can relate to that. But there's a deeper meaning here. Uh, if we go back to the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, what does it say regarding Christ in the third verse of the 53rd chapter of Isaiah? He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows, yeah, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We his that were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. And so what we have here is another representation of Christ and what he went through. How He was rejected by his own creation, the very creation that created them. He was rejected by uh, by by his own creation. And he says, The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. Well, that's another, uh, can be found in the New Testament. The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. That's what Jesus Christ said when he drove the money changers out of the temple. You know? He was... He was angry. Christ was angry with those that tried to uh, sell the gospel, tried to hawk the gospel. Okay? When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, it was to my reproach. I made sackcloth also my garment, and I became a proverb to them. In other words, a byword. They were scoffing at him. They were mocking at him. 
They that sit in the gate speak against me. I was the song of the drunkards. Well, Job kind of had that same experience. If you look in Job, we won't go back there, but you can look in the 30th chapter, Job, the ninth verse, and you'll find that Job had the same sentiments. When all, here he had been, when he had wealth, when all the blessings of God was upon him, showered upon him, but when that was all taken from him, they all began to mock Job and sit in the, in the gate and laugh at him. Well, I'm going to turn it over to Brother Mark and let him make any comments he has about this, and then I'll have him read from 13 down to 25 for us. Brother Mark? Brother, thank you. Wonderful psalm. This is a really good psalm. Yes, David, I agree with you, brother. David was a saved man. In Acts 13, verse 22, before we start on the next thing, in Acts 13:22 it says and when he had removed him he raised up unto them David to be their king to whom also he gave their testimony and said I have found David the son of Jesse a man after mine own heart which shall fulfill all my will. So yes, David was known as a man after God's own heart. And yet he still you know had problems with sin just like we all do and so the fact that David was a man after God's own heart and yet still struggled with sin is an example and a warning to all of us that no matter how close we may feel to God at any moment we must take heed lest we fall into sin so here in verse 1, God, he is saying, save me, O God, for the waters are coming unto my soul. And, and like you said, Larry, and I agree with you, I, think he's, I don't think he means the salvation, you know, after this world. I think he means salvation from physical adversity is what I think he means. In verse as I'm sinking in deep mire where there is no standing, I've come into the deep waters and they are and the floods are overflowing me. Verse three, he says, I'm weary of crying, my throat is dried, my eyes fail while I wait for my God. And here's the clue that clues us in. Verse four, he says, They that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of mine head. They that would destroy me, being mine enemies, wrongfully are mighty. Then I uh, are mighty. Then I restored that which I took not away. So this verse four clues us in that he's not uh, referring to, you know, being saved in a spiritual sense but he is crying out for deliverance from his enemies here. In verse 5, he says, You know my foolishness and my sins are not hid from thee, O God. Verse 6, he says, Let not them that wait on thee, O Lord God of hosts, be ashamed for my sake. Let not those that seek thee be confounded for my sake, O God of Israel. 
he's calling on the Lord to vindicate him, to 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 put the shame on the reprobate enemies of God is what I believe he's crying out for. Verse 7, because for thy sake I have borne reproach, shame hath covered my face. Yep, he, he, he is, he, you know, went after Bathsheba and, and the reproach of that had, came on him. And then other things happened because of that. He said, I've yeah. become, he said in verse 8, I'm a stranger to my brethren and an alien unto my mother's children. In verse 9, the zeal of, his, of the house of God has eaten him up, and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen on me. In verse 10, he said, when I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that was to my reproach. In verse 11, he said he made sackcloth his garment, and, and he became a proverb to them. And then in verse 12, he said, They that sit in the gate speak against me, and I was the song of drunkards. And you know how drunkards are when they, when they think something is ridiculous, they begin to mock, you know. That's how drunkards are. So, praise God, brothers. So, uh, I will now continue in uh, 13 to 25, you said, right, Brother Larry? Yes. Uh-huh. In the authorized King James Version. And uh, before I start, I will say God bless you. Uh, God bless you, our saints. May Jehovah re- meet you at the point of, our, of your need, whatever that may be. And uh, saints, please keep praying for the Phillips family at this time. And saints... Please keep our brother Carl Roberts in your prayers for safety. Keep that boat on top of the water and his crewmates treat him with respect and a system and a and a spirit of comfort for Sister Babs at home waiting. And saints, please keep praying for Brother Carl's mom, Reba Sandage, that God would pluck her out of the dis, out of the deception of organized religion. Thank you, saints, for honoring these prayer requests. It means a lot to me. Okay, continuing now, starting at verse 13 of Psalm 69 in the authorized King James Version. But as for me, my prayer is unto thee, O Lord, in an acceptable time. O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me in the truth of thy salvation. Verse 14, deliver me out of the mire and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from them that hate me and out of the deep waters. Verse 15, let not the water flood overflow me, neither let the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. Verse 16, hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness is good. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Verse 17, And hide not thy face from thy servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Verse 18, Draw nigh unto my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of mine enemies. Verse 19, Thou hast 
My reproach, shame, and my dishonor, mine adversaries are all before thee. Verse 20, reproach has reproach hath broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness, and I looked for some to take pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. Verse 21, they gave also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Verse 22, let their table become a snare before them, that which should have been for their welfare, let it become a trap. Verse 23, let their eyes be darkened that they see not and make their loins continually to shake. Verse 24, pour out thine indignation upon them and let thy wrathful anger take hold of them. Verse 25, let their habitation be desolate and let none dwell in their tents. Okay. Well, David is continuing his uh, supplication unto the Lord here. In verse 13, he says, as for me, my prayer is unto the Lord in an acceptable time. And then here he uses that phrase from last week when John 7, I think it was, where he talks about, you know, not just the mercy of God, but the multitude of thy mercy. Hear me in the truth of thy salvation. And then in verse 14, you know, deliver me out of the mire that's sucking me down. Let me not sink. Let me be delivered from them that hate me and out of the deep waters. In verse 15, let not the water flood overflow me or the deep fall up. And let not the fish shut her mouth upon me. In verse 16, he says, hear me, O Lord. For thy loving kindness is good. And here again, we have that phrase, multitude of thy tender mercies. That's, that's uh, I believe that's an expression of scripture to, to refer to the overwhelming mercy of God for his elect saints. You know, not just, yeah. not just a normal measure of mercy. Not just a small measure of mercy, but overwhelming, overflowing multitudes of mercies. I love that. I love that. And don't hide your face from thy servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me quickly, he says in verse 17. Draw near to my soul, redeem it, deliver me because of my enemies, he says in verse 18. Oh, and then here in verse 19, he says, You know my reproach, God, and my shame and my dishonor. Mine adversaries are all before me. So he's telling, he's, he's telling God here in verse 19, Yes, God, I know you know the things that I did wrong and my sins, and I am aware that you know these things about me. In verse, in verse 20, He's complaining, he's, he's bitterly complaining, reproach has broken my heart. I'm, I'm, I am full of heaviness, and I looked for somebody to take pity on me, but there was none. And he, he looked for comforters, but he found none. Oh, my. And then they give him gall and vinegar to drink. I can't think, when you're thirsty, I can't think of any 
nothing more unpleasant than the taste of gall and vinegar. That's just going to make you more thirsty, you know. Water, the spiritual water of life is, you know, is here. So now in verse 22, he's, he's, he's uh, how you say it, uh, he's expressing, he's expressing, uh, what he wishes would happen to them for all the trouble that they have caused them. Let their table be a snare and uh, let that which was there for their warfare, welfare become a trap. In verse 23, I hope their eyes are darkened that they see not and Lord make their loins continually to shake. And in verse 24, he's saying, pour out thine indignation upon them and let thy wrathful anger take hold of them. And then here in verse 25, he says, let their habitation, their tents, their dwellings be desolate. So that, this, is, this is powerful stuff here where David is in the throes of adversity Yes, because of his sins, but praise God, he still looks to God to deliver him because he is a man after God's own heart. And so this is a powerful example for us to, to take heed lest we fall into sin. Praise God, brothers. Thank you, brother. That was very good. Very good. I want to also acknowledge... And welcome aboard John Palmer, uh, who's joined us. Um, and let's see, uh, um, everyone else, we welcome you aboard as well. Yes, this uh, really, like I indicated a while ago, from verses 9 down through uh, really uh, the chapter is also a representative, is a representation of Calvary. And of Christ on the cross. Amen. And it's, it's as if Christ is crying out to the Father. <clears throat> and that is a beautiful um, metaphor to show how we as well, like Christ, can cry out to our Abba Father. And, Amen. You know, so when we see this in, <clears throat> in verse um, 13, as for me, my prayer is unto thee. You know, we don't need to pray to the Pope. We don't need to pray to Mary. Amen. You know, there's, there's only one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus. You know, and so there's a lot of people that try to pray through other people. And, you know, it's okay to have the saints. It's okay to, like Brother Mark, request prayer. It's good to pray for those that we have an interest in, but as it relates yep. to our salvation, as it relates to our salvation, um, no one can save us but Jesus Christ. And That's so right. our, prayers, our prayers go directly to him. Um, he's, he goes in on down, we're looking now in the, uh, I agree with Brother Mark on verse 16, the multitude of thy tender mercies. Who can measure the mercies of God? They're unmeasurable. And sometimes we forget how merciful God has been 
to us and continues to be to us. Amen. Hide not thy face from thy servant, for I'm in trouble. There's a, a good prayer to pray to God when we're in trouble. Amen. <laughs> and uh, it talks about the reproaches, my shame and my dishonor, mine adversaries are all before thee. Mm-hmm. You know, we we have seen in Hebrews the second um, twelve two that he is the author and finisher of our faith. Um, but it doesn't just stop there. It says in Hebrews twelve two at the end of the verses. This is important. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising mm-hmm. the. Sh- and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against him, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Mm-hmm. So there, there's the work exemplified that Jesus did for us. The joy that was set before him, he despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He says that the reproach has broken my heart. Christ cried out on the cross, you know, and also even in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And later he said, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? This broke his heart. Yes, they gave him gall. And we see this whole account in fact, we can just look briefly again back to um, a really good account of that we can find in Mark, uh, again, the 15th chapter, that whole, uh, the whole narrative there of the crucifixion of Christ and, you know, what transpired there in verse 23 of chapter 15. Uh, it's just almost like a a repetition there. He says, um, let's see here, I want to look in verse uh, 15, verses chapter 15, verse 23. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had come and spoken to them, they had not had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. And so... And then we have to go back to Mark, um, Mark 15, verse 23. I want to look at that real quickly as well. And they gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh, but he received it not. Uh, Notice that they brought him unto the place, verse 22, place called Gotha, which is being interpreted the place of a skull. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to do is when we talked a while ago about the mocking and the, the uh, absolute the drunks, you know, you know, mocking him and so on. We see a representative of this if we go down to verse 29 of that same chapter, chapter 15. And they that passed by railed on him, wagging their heads and saying, Ah, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest in three days, save thyself and come down from the cross. Likewise, also, the chief priest mocking said 
among themselves with the scribes. He saved others. Himself he cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, that we may see and believe. And they that were crucified with him reviled him. Mm. So, you know, what a, what, one of the things, what, what, uh, absolute anguish of spirit Christ must have gone through at that time. Yeah. And 36 says, and one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, let alone, let us see whether Elias will come to take him down. Well, it was a real uh, mockery of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords who hung there, displayed before all of those people that were crying out, crucify him, crucify him. And he says in verse 19 again, Thou hast known my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. Mine adversaries are all before thee. Says, And he says, Reproach hath broken my heart. I am full of heaviness. I looked for some pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. Wow. And so then he, he cries out to, to God for vindication, doesn't he? And he cries out that God would vindicate him. And we know mm-hmm. that God <laughs> always vindicates his son. And I find it real interesting if we go back to Romans 11 chapter 11 um, okay. here in verse 22 he says let their table become a snare before them and that which should have been for their welfare let it let it become a trap well let's go back to Romans 11 and I'll start in verse 8 according as it is written <clears throat> God hath given them the spirit of slumber eyes that they should not see and ears that they should not here until this day, and David saith, let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back all way. So there we have the Apostle Paul quoting the 69th Psalm here in Romans. Well, then he goes on and he says, in verse 24, pour out thine indignation, let their wrathful anger take hold of them, let their habitation be desolate, and let none dwell in their tents. Now, I'm going to go ahead and, and read out the rest of this chapter, um, beginning with verse 26. Mm-hmm. They persecute him who thou hast smitten, <laughs> and they talk to the grief of those whom thou hast wounded. And iniquity under their iniquities, and let them not come into thy righteousness. That's a really interesting, that's a really interesting prayer that David is praying here. He's saying, add iniquity under their iniquity, and let them not come into thy righteousness. He's praying that they will not (laughs) be a recipient of God's grace. That's Mm -hmm. what he's praying. In fact, we see that same representation in Romans 1.28 where it says, um, 
Verse 26, I'll start with 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use unto that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the women, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their heirs which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. That's what he's praying here, that, God, that they would not come into his righteousness. And, you know, we can see <clears throat> different passages. We can go look at Ephesians 5.4, um, and there's the same kind of idea there. But in Ephesians 5.4, he says, for this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Be ye not therefore partakers with them, verse 7. Okay, so <clears throat> um, it's a very strong language there. Let their iniquity, let them not come into thy righteousness. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living and not be written with the righteous. Wow. Yeah. But I am poor and sorrowful. Look at the contrast between the elect sinner and the reprobate wicked. Mm-hmm. Here's the contrast. We see the reprobate wicked go out half naked and carry a, around a sign saying pride. I'm proud to be gay. Pride parade. Yep. Mm-hmm. Look at the look at the distinction with David. I am poor and sorrowful. Let thy salvation, O God, set me on high. One of the marks of someone who is God's elect is they recognize that poor and worthless though I am, I have a rich almighty friend. Jesus the Savior is his name. He freely loves me without end. Verse 30, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also is, shall please the Lord better than ox or bullocks that have horns and hoofs. In other words, he's saying, you know, the praise, the fruit of the lips are more uh, acceptable to God than sacrifices, Okay. The humble shall see this and be glad. Your heart shall live that seek God. For the Lord heareth the poor and despiseth not his prisoners. Interesting that he uses the word prisoners there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's true that we are at liberty in Christ. We are free in Christ. But we are also his bondmen. We are also prisoners. Let, look in... Uh, Paul often referred to this. I got into a discussion with this uh, brother one time that actually chastised me for using the term bondman. Bondman, you know, he said, we're no longer bond. We're we're now free. Well, it's true. But we are all still, we are still prisoners of Christ. We are still, uh, look at Ephesians 3, I'm sorry, Ephesians 4, um, and well, we can look at Ephesians 3, 1. Mm-hmm. 3.1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. 
He calls himself a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Look at Ephesians 4.1. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Um, so Paul often refers to himself as the prisoner of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> uh, let's see now, I wanted to also... Uh, he says, let the heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moveth therein. Um, <clears throat> many of the Psalms give a claim to God's creation praising him. You know, the, even the trees of the field clap their hands, okay? And it talks about the beast praising him. And so... Mm -hmm. I, he says, let the heaven and earth praise him, the seas, and everything that moveth therein. For God will save Zion and will build the cities of Judah that they may dwell there and have it in possession. You know, we're not talking about now in this dispensation of time. We're talking about spiritual Zion, okay, and spiritual, not a physical place. The seed also of this servant shall inherit it, and they that love his name shall dwell therein. You know, we, we often sing the song, we're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. We're not talking about uh, <laughs> a place over in Jerusalem and rebuilding a third temple and instituting animal sacrifices and ushering in the Antichrist, okay? We're talking about uh, the spiritual city of the new Jerusalem coming down out of God, out of heaven. And that's what we're looking for this morning. And this is a beautiful psalm. I, I love this psalm uh, mm -hmm. because it shows us uh, two things. It shows the great mercies of God, like Brother Mark said. It shows mm -hmm. his, the multitude of his tender mercies. But it not only shows us the multitude of his tender mercies, but it also shows our total unworthiness apart from the grace of God. Uh, we are not worthy... We have nothing to bring to the table. And Amen. there's a song I'd like to sing. I'd like for Rosette and Mark to help me sing if I can find it in here um, in the old school hymnal. And it's called, um, Lord, I'm Unworthy to Be Called Thy Son. And I'm not sure where it's at. I'll have Rosette and Mark help me find that. A beautiful um Beautiful song. If I can find it here, it's um, it goes, Lord, I'm unworthy to be called thy son. Weeping, repenting, a beggar I come. Lord, I'm unworthy to be called thy son. But he made us worthy. It's 500, 415. It's 415. I'll read it because sometimes when we sing, people can't hear the words. Um, 
and I'll read it and then we'll sing it for you. Um, it goes, Jesus, my Savior, I'm coming right now, humbly before thee this moment I bow, <clears throat> praying, forgive me for the wrongs I have done. Lord, I'm unworthy to be called thy son. Years I've wasted so lost and undone, weeping, repenting, a beggar I come. Lord, I'm unworthy to be called thy son. Always I'm doing that which I'd not do. I've been unfaithful, yes, I've been untrue. Still thou hast loved me, O merciful one. Lord, I'm unworthy to be called thy son. Tears fill my eyes now, and I bow my head, knowing for me thy life's blood thou didst shed. Yet I have drifted thy way I did shun. Lord, I'm unworthy to be called thy son. Isn't that beautiful? So we're gonna we're gonna sing that and um then I'm going to turn it over to Brother Mark for any final comments that he has. Um, Wonderful. Mark, you want, Mark, you want to start that for me? Jesus, my Savior, I'm coming right now. Humbly before thee this moment I bow. Praying forgive me wrongs I have done. Lord, I'm unworthy to be called thy son. Lord, I'm unworthy to be called my son. Years I have wasted so lost and undone. We've been repenting a beggar I come. Lord, I'm unworthy to be called thy son. All this I'm doing that which I not do. I've been unfaithful, yes, I've been untrue. Still thou hast loved me, O merciful one. Lord, I'm unworthy to be called thy son. Tears fill my eyes now, and I bow my head. Knowing for me thy life's blood thou didst shed. Yet I have drifted thy way I did shun. Lord, I'm unworthy to be called thy son. Lord, I'm unworthy to be called thy son. Years I have wasted some lost and undone. Weeping, repenting, a beggar I come. Lord, I'm unworthy to be called thy son. Brother Mark, I'm going to turn it over to you for any final comments and any announcements you'd like to make. Okay, thank you, brother. Uh, let's see, we start at verse 26. Okay, yes, this is interesting here in verse 26. Uh, For they persecute him whom thou hast smitten, and they talk to the grief of those whom thou hast wounded. That first part inter- is very interesting there. For they persecute him whom thou hast smitten, that to me sounds the life, like the life of Christ, you know, and Christ going to the cross. Uh, yes. When I read this, I am reminded of that uh, one scripture. Uh, but I, uh, let me see if I can get it right. But he was smitten, afflicted of God, and the chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. And uh, I'm reminded of that verse when I see this here. Now, this next verse, verse 27, that is very interesting, yes. 
and add iniquity to their iniquity. Let them not come into thy righteousness. I see a strong correlation between this verse and Romans 1.28. You know, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. So here and then in verse 28, let them be blotted out of the book of the living and not be written with the righteous. That that's that's carrying along in the same line of reasoning there, and then here David he says in verse twenty nine, I am poor and sorrowful, I am a wicked wretch, I am poor and and needy. Let thy salvation go, O God, set me up on high. He's totally looking to the Lord here and looking away from his own sufficiency here. And this, and this is another example of us, you know, for us all. We don't look to our own sufficiency because it is sorely lacking. So Amen. we look to the sufficiency of Christ, which provideth all things needful for life and salvation. Verse 30, I will praise the name of God with a song. Uh, uh, that reminds me of that other one, make make music in your heart to the Lord with joy. Sing unto the Lord a new song, you know. That reminds yeah. me of that. And, uh, and I will magnify him with thanksgiving, you know. Let the, you know, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's wonderful. Verse 31, this also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that haunts horns and hoofs. Uh, that reminds me of that other one. Um, I desire obedience and not uh, uh, and not sacrifice. Something along those lines. I can't remember it exactly, but something like that. Verse yeah. thirty-two: The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seek God. Boy, that's wonderful. That's a good. That's a good affirmation that the lo- that those who seek God will live. That's wonderful. For the Lord hears the poor in verse 33, and He despises not His prisoners. And I'm remind, and this reminds me of that other verse about being a prisoner of righteousness. And that one, uh, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my Lord than a king in the house of Satan. So, yes, we are prisoners for the Lord, and praise God for it. Better to be a prisoner of righteousness than a prisoner of wickedness, that's for sure. Verse 34, let the heavens and earth praise him. That reminds me of that psalm, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord, the firmament showeth forth his handiwork, day unto day uttereth knowledge, and night unto night they speak. So that's great, wonderful. Let the heavens and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moveth therein. And then verse 34, God, the deliverer of Zion, and he will build the city, the cities of Judah that they may dwell there and have it in possession. That reminds me of that other word, um, God will establish thy foot that it shall not slip. That's wonderful. And then verse 36, the seed also, not plural, but but singular, 
also of shall inherit it, and they that love his name, which is us, the elect of God, we who love his name shall dwell shall dwell therein. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. God does not leave us as orphans, but he makes these overwhelming multitude of most of merciful promises to us. The multiple the multiple manifold the manifold mercies of God to the elect saints of God, which is us. Wonderful should cause us to overflow with gratitude toward God. Praise God, brothers. Amen. Amen. Well, that is a beautiful, beautiful thought. Yes. Manifold, manifold mercies of God. Yes. Well, I want to thank Brother Mark for laboring with me this morning. Thank you, Mark Phillips, for helping us read the scriptures. And, mm-hmm. and uh, we appreciate everyone that's joined us. Welcome aboard, Dave Van Devine. I see you uh, joined us a while ago. Um, also welcome aboard all of those who will tune in to YouTube later to listen to the broadcast as well as Facebook and Sermon Audio. Um, I do have a, a couple, few announcements. Uh, I do have some good news. Um, I got a got a letter from Stephen Lee. You may not know who Stephen Lee is. Stephen Lee is the owner of Sermon Audio, and. Oh. He sent a letter out to everybody that have been have been broadcasters on Sermon Audio for some time, mm-hmm. and he he is now going to offer to all of the Sermon Audio broadcasters uh, free of charge at no cost because of their you know loyalty over the years and broadcasting and everything. He's going to uh-huh. offer a website for our church. Okay. Wow. That's, that's a wonderful thing because it's going to be streamlined. It's going to be totally separate from Sermon Audio. It's going to wow. be our own church. It's going to be our own church website. And then of course we can link we can link our website to Sermon Audio as well as Facebook and YouTube. Isn't that cool? So wow. that's a that's a great, great addition. Uh, I sent back Stephen Lee my response. <laughs> saying that I thought that just sounded great. And so that's really good news. So uh, look forward to that in the upcoming weeks. We'll be having our own um, Pineville Grace Fellowship. Uh, I think I'm going to combine it uh, with um, uh, Long Beach and well as I'll have to get the name of the town that um, Brother Mark, I mean Brother Carl wants to use in Tennessee. But I think I'll just combine all three fellowships into that website. So... Anyway, that's that's uh, good news. The other thing is um, Wednesday night we're we're now working through the five biblical uh, doctrines uh, using the acronym of TULIP. And so far we've gotten through total depravity and unconditional election. Um, This Wednesday night we'll be talking about limited atonement or particular redemption, and it's probably one of the most hated of the five points uh, oh, yeah. because people have been so taught that this possibility salvation that God made it possible for all men to be saved when in yep. reality the Bible 
the Bible teaches us that God made it absolutely certain that some would be saved, and that right. was his elect. Okay? Yes. So we're going to be talking about that, and we uh, the new time is 5 o'clock instead of 6 o'clock central to accommodate Carl to see if he can join us. And then Thursday night, Brother Mark and Brother Carl have a fellowship call, and I don't know if you all have had a chance to make any discussions about that call or not. Uh, topics for that call coming Thursday night. What about that, Mark? Oh, not yet, but I'm. I'll call call uh, later today or tomorrow, and we'll and we'll work something out. Okay, um, we'll great. Yes, <laughs> he always does. So that's good. So that's really. Um, all I have, do you have any, let's see, I just wanted to also um, remind everyone to also, Mark is always faithful in reminding people to pray for Brother Carl and Sister Babs as well as his mother and and uh, and our family. So I, I don't want to be uh, negligent in asking our, our, our saints, all the people that listen to Hold Brother Mark up in prayer as well. He's out there all alone in California, and he needs um, he needs our prayers. Uh, there's a song in the old school hymnal, and it says, "I need the prayers of those I love." And, Amen. You know, prayers of the prayers of the saints do help build us up and edify us. So let's let's keep Brother Carl. Let's keep Brother Matt Mosteller. I've been having some yeah. communication with him out in California. Also, I've had extensive communication with all, I want everyone to remember uh, uh, a fellow from Pakistan who's having a real financial difficulties right now, Rashid Razin. Um, it's not the Rashid Sanders that's with us this morning, but Rashid Razin. Uh, keep him and your, his family in your prayers. He works in the, in the coal mines and he has quite a struggle going on. Also, remember, mm-hmm. if we could remember Ashley Kenny from Australia. He's uh, yes. in a real struggle providing for his wife who has full-blown Alzheimer's. And that, I can tell you, uh, firsthand experience with someone who has struggles, it, it is it, it can be very um, stressful at times, okay? And there's just so many other people that come to my mind uh, right now. Uh, I I've, I would like to also ask, I've been having some correspondence with Brother Walt Stickle, and let's mm. keep him in our prayers. Um, had a real good uh, correspondence with him over the weekend so far. And, Wonderful. Um, I love Brother Walt. And also, let's keep Brother Chris Gernerin in our prayers as well. Yes. And so, um, I just uh, I think it's good to remember those that and remember those that have joined us this morning: John Palmer, Dave Andeveen, Rashid Sandu, Silver Gill, Peter Palace, and Mike Garvey. So anyway, that's about all I have. Any final comments before we conclude the broadcast, Brother Mark? Oh, just uh, saints, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for for honoring these prayer requests by including them in your time, in your private prayers. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. 
uh, and just please keep lifting up these requests unto the Lord, and may Jehovah bless you with multitudes of blessing and mercy, and may Jehovah, the God of all comfort, meet you at the point of your need and come through for you with flying colors, as he always does. It may not happen right away, but it will, because we, we, we are on the Lord's timetable, and he does things, you know, for his saints when, right when we need him. God provides what his elect needs right when we need him. So thank you, saints, from the bottom of my heart for lifting up these prayer requests. God bless you all. Amen. And I'm going, to, I'm going to stand in for Brother Carl and read his passage out of John 6. It's a concluding <clears throat> scripture. Beginning Wonderful. with John 6, 35. And Jesus said I am unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all that she has sent, given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Well, I hope you all have a good afternoon, and we'll look forward to seeing you this evening at 6 o'clock Central Time, and we're going to be discussing and going over John 8, and Brother Mark is going to be leading in that uh, this evening. So good night for now, and I'll see you tonight, Brother Mark. Love you, Brother Larry. John 8 tonight. Thanks. God bless. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.